So we're back for another episode of Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. This week's episode is titled, You Get a Line, I'll Get a Pole. We're sticking to the fishing theme that we've been on this last couple weeks or so, and we're going to talk about a lot of the programs, saltwater and freshwater, that Florida has to offer to their anglers. So Florida is the, the fishing capital of the world, uh, and it is, a, it's, is that because of its great resources and responsible management. Uh, the diversity of sport fish and habitats, great weather, year-round fishing, and superb tourism and fishing industry-related infrastructure are unsurpassed. Home to 1,350 miles of coastline, Florida boasts the most coastline in the continental U.S. and second in the nation only to Alaska. Florida's freshwater fisheries comprise 3 million acres of lakes, ponds, and reservoirs, and approximately 12,000 miles of fishable rivers, streams, and canals. The recreational fishery resources alone in these waters provide entertainment for more than 1.2 million anglers annually who enjoy 25.7 million days of fishing recreationally in Florida's fresh waters. So we're going to start off talking about some saltwater programs. And the biggest one being the whole program as a broad whole is called Catch a Florida Memory. So Catch a Florida Memory is a saltwater ang uh, angler recognition program is designed to enhance the fishing experience for Florida's anglers by providing rewards and recognition for fishing achievements, encouraging anglers to target a diversity of species to help decrease fishing pressure on the most sought after catches, expanding fishing experience for seasoned anglers, cultivating interest in saltwater fishing, strengthening marine fisheries, conservation ethics, and creating another way for FWC to engage with stakeholders. FWC is the Florida Wildlife Conservation Commission. Um, the FWC encourages anglers to take part in saltwater recognition programs to catch a Florida memory. These programs encourage anglers to learn more about Florida's vast recreational fishing opportunities by enticing them to target multiple species during fishing trips. So, and the first part of this is called the Saltwater Life List, which is really cool. And I actually got on there today and I ordered myself and my four-year-old son a waterproof copy of the saltwater life list which you can do for free and we'll cover that link here in a minute and i'll make sure to post those links to the page before the podcast goes up so you guys can do the same um, but the saltwater life list is a challenge to catch 70 different species of saltwater fish anglers receive a certificate of accomplishment and various prizes as they reach each life list fish uh, fish club each time an angler submits a valid application for a saltwater life list fish club They'll receive a certificate of, of accomplishment, various prizes, FWC saltwater publications, and will become a member of the corresponding Life List Fish Club. Sur successful participants will also receive one raffle entry for each verified submission to the program. It's really a pretty neat little program they have going on. Uh, I was listening to a different podcast the other day, and they went through, I think they gave away... They gave away like a boat for something. I don't think it was this program. I think it was a different program. But I think they one of them they gave away a boat and some other programs we'll talk about later. I was, there was a little interesting story I heard too. All right. So the life lift life list club categories are as follows: the ten fish club, which is a total of ten different species, uh, life list species caught to date. And then so on for the 30 fish club. To interject here, I believe you can take past catches and enter into the life list. As you, long as you have a picture, a valid picture of you holding the fish, 
for the life list. You are correct. Just clarify that. We didn't go over that. So you've got the 10 fish club, the 30 fish club, the 50 fish club, and then the 70 fish club, which is the life list master angler, where you catch all 70 total life list species. Um, and this is not something you have to do in a year, have to do in a month. This is something you can do over your lifetime. That's why yeah. it's called the life list. That's um, a neat little certificate, too, they give you and stuff like that. That's just something cool to have. Hang it on the, on the wall in your office or whatever, you know. Right. Uh, and you can find this information uh, by going to catchaflordamemory.com. And that's where I was able to click on the saltwater saltwater life list tab, and then I, w I asked to be sent a free water resistant saltwater life list. And within a few weeks, I should receive it in the mail. So, and then now this particular thing, this this particular uh, program here, really caught my interest when I was researching this. And this is the saltwater grand slam. Now you can't go get the small fry. No, <laughs> the Grand Slam challenges <clears throat> the Grand Slam challenge anglers anglers to catch three specified species species in a 24-hour period. Um, the FWC updated the program in 2014, creating nine Grand Slams, including a small fry slam for children under the age of 15, or 15 and under. Yeah. So, for the small fry slam, you have to be 15 years or older in order to qualify for or that. Younger, or younger, yes. Yeah. And so the small fry Grand Slam, your 15 years or younger would have to catch a pinfish, a catfish, and a grunt in a 24-hour period, which is very doable. Yeah. And that's an awesome just to be able to accomplish something like that. Yeah, it's for a pretty, little kid. especially for a kid. Yeah. It's a neat little thing. They get sent, I think they get sent a certificate. I like guess it's the same th deal as the life list. You get a little certificate and, you know, things like that. It's a pretty neat little deal. Nearshore, the Nearshore Grand Slam is Cobia, King Mackerel, and Triple Tail, which I, you know, I never caught Triple Tail. Um, I haven't caught any of those, actually. I mean, that's, you, you, well, neither one of us really have a boat we can go that far out, either. Well, Cobia, King Mackerel, and Triple Tail, those are, um, I've seen my brother catch Cobia in the flats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you can catch triple tail sometimes in the flats. And you get into the Blue Water Grand Slam, that which we do not there. have a boat for that. <laughs> yeah. That's the dolphin. It's dolphin fish, sailfish, and wahoo. And dolphin fish is mahi-mahi fish. Yeah. Uh, I have caught a dolphin fish, yeah. but not a sailfish or a wahoo. Okay. Um Reefs and Rubble Grand Slam, Black Sea Bass, Gag, and Gray Triggerfish. So those you're going to find off of reefs and uh, underwater structure. I think that hints the names. Yeah. Reef and all of these kind of hint in that, yeah. in their name. Uh, Shoreline Grand Slam, Sheephead, Florida Pompano, and Whiting, which I have caught all three of those, but never in the same day. Never in the same day. And this is what this kind of what's cool about this is normally when we go out fishing is was we're going for a target species, like if we're, we, especially in salt water. Yeah. we go like we're gonna go try to get redfish, you know, or snook, you know, something like that. Right. But I think this is that's why that's kind of why they brought this program about 
was, and the same thing with the life list, is to try to get people to not just fish for redfish, not just fish for snook, things like that, to get out and try to catch these different species right. of fish. You have the Bay and Estuary Grand Slam, which is the gray or mangrove snapper, Spanish mackerel, <clears throat> and snook, uh, which I've called a Spanish mackerel. Yeah. And I've called a mangrove snapper. Now, this one, I think, would be a... The, the, the Florida Grand Slam, that would be a pretty hard fish one to do. That's bonefish, permit, and tarpon all in the same day. That's a tough one, but man, that it would be a tough, heck of a that day. That would be an awesome day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have the inshore Grand Slam, which is red drum or redfish, spotted sea trout, and flounder. And I have never caught a flounder. And I wouldn't even yeah. begin to know how to fish for one. I mean, you have to catch it on a rod and reel, because legally... Oh, no, I think with these, you have to turn the fish. Yeah. You have to there are the specifications. Uh, you right. don't have to release the fish for the salt water. For the slam. I think you do for the life lift. You can harvest the fish in salt water. Fresh water... Uh, the fresh water, you have to, you have to release the fish. fish, yes. And then you have the family grand slam, which is any three fish in the same scientific family. So, tier one is three different Grand Slams. Tier two is six different Grand Slams. And tier three, the Master Angler, is complete all eligible Grand Slams. That one seems pretty tough. That would be tough. Uh, but again, this is not something... You don't have to complete all Grand Slams back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, you can do that. You can work up life. to that. But the Grand Slams do have to be completed each one individually within a 24-hour period. Yeah. Like, you don't have to try to get all of them in a 24-hour period. Like, you can go out one day in the flats and try to get you an inshore slam. Right. I wonder, like, I wonder if you can go out, like, on a, uh, like, a charter boat and try for, like, the, the blue water slam. You could, you could definitely get a, uh, like, a deep-sea fishing boat out there. Yeah. Wouldn't be cheap. No. But uh, make friends. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have to be just you, or can you like you and? I think in order to qualify, the same angler has to catch all three okay. fish in the same day. So successful successful anglers receive a certificate signed by the director of FWC Marine Fisheries uh, Management, as well as a colorful T-shirt and recognition of their achievement. Recipients will also be listed in the Saltwater Recreational Fishing Regulations booklet and on the club members page. Anglers who are awarded at least three different Grand Slams will be recognized for a Grand Slam club recognition tiers for the opportunity to receive additional prizes. Okay, the the the, the real big the Saltwater Real Big Fish is, is a really interesting program. The Saltwater Real Big Fish program recognizes anglers for extraordinarily oversized catches of 30 different saltwater species. The catch must be photographed over a qualified measuring device as well as a photo with the angler who is applying for recognition. And I think on that same podcast I was listening to, they said that they caught like a 31-inch sheephead. 
Yeah, I heard about that. That's a that's, that's a, a huge monster. ship. That's a monster fish in general. <laughs> Thirty one inches. It's almost three foot long. <laughs> so tier one is five different species of the real big fish. Tier two is ten. Tier three is fifteen. And tier tier four, the real big master angler, is all thirty real big fish species. And mind you, this is real like R E E L. As yeah. in your fishing reel, <laughs> not as I, in I real to big. That, but I was yeah. like, I was so these are those are just That's, some of these things that are offered for saltwater. Just the, the life list is just. Uh, that's uh, I think that's pretty neat. It's that, definitely something I want to, and it's not something I knew about until recently. Yeah, like so, I mean, how long has that been out there, and how many people don't really know about that? Right. I mean, and there's probably people that have fished and fished in Florida all their life that probably don't really know about it. Because all they do is they go buy their fishing license and they go out and fish. Right. You know, and, and the same thing with these fr- the freshwater programs we're getting ready to talk about. I mean, I didn't, I was almost 30 before I found out about it. I don't know how recently they did that, but I'm, I think it's been going for a few years now. I'm pretty sure it has too. And, you know, these programs are awesome because they just encourage people to get out there and enjoy the outdoors and spend the money and, and participate in conservation. Uh, putting that money towards conservation, learning to... You develop that relationship with the environment that without it doesn't make you want to make sure it sticks around. Yeah. You know? Um, and it also helps... These photos and things you send in or helping the biologists gather information about where you're catching these fish, uh, how big these fish are getting in that area. You're, you're getting an idea of the health and the size of the population because they can take all this data and they can compile it and they can say, man, there's a lot of big, healthy fish coming from this area. What's what's What are we doing right there? And, and then we can take that, that and apply it to other places. Yeah. So this data, is they're, they're, benning, they're benefiting from it as well. I mean, who doesn't like a free T-shirt? Yeah, I mean, you get a free you know? T-shirt and a cool little certificate to hang up, you know. Yeah, and especially like, like for a kid, and he goes out and he catches, you know, ten different species, and he gets that little certificate and a T-shirt. You know, that's just the coolest thing in the world for him. Right. You know. So, let's get into the freshwater stuff. Well, before we do that, let's talk about this too. They go out and they put out artificial reefs, and we're going to talk about fish attractors in a minute because I know uh, last week I put out there for you guys the location of the 12 and a half pound bass I'm fishing around that sucker Saturday I bet you I, are. I don't I, I need to look and see where exactly the, the fish tree is but I'm there's I'm, four or five in that lake uh, I'm where I'm putting in I can hit like four different lakes so yeah <laughs> We're going to find out. There, there's quite a few in that lake, and there's some more in uh, some of the other big lakes around here. So, you can get out there, and I, I told you where it's at. Yeah. There's no excuse now. Yeah. It's all just trying to get him in the boat now. And then I can uh, enter in uh, this uh, next program here. We're fixing to talk about if I yeah. bring him in the yeah. boat. So, we're going to talk about the uh, Florida Trophy Catch. Uh, and the other freshwater programs. Now I did hear a really, oh, I did hear a really good story uh, from 
that same podcast, and they said the guy made a trophy catch, won a Shimano reel, went out and caught another trophy catch on that Shimano reel. <laughs> That's pretty good. He must have a pretty dang good fishing spot. I guess. Um, I don't know that I've ever caught a bass. Because what's the qualifying weight is? Eight pounds, I believe. Eight, eight and a half. So, the trophy catch began in 2012 as a direct response to FWC's Black Bass Management Plan, uh, which placed an emphasis on establishing trophy bass fishing opportunities throughout the state. Trophy catch was established to collect data on trophy bass while promoting bass conservation by rewarding catch and release fishing. Trophy catch big bass prize will be awarded to the angler with the five heaviest approved catches for the season. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Not only... You, you go and you catch your qualifying fish, um, which I believe is eight pounds. Has to be eight pounds or more. Yeah. So you catch your qualifying fish, and then you send that in. They save the data. And you keep sending it in. Every time you catch a fish more than eight pounds. At the end of the year, of all the people that have sent in the information, the person with the heaviest bag get some sweet prizes it's like a year-long tournament yeah where you don't even know who you're fishing against yeah the, the thing <laughs> or is, how you know you know it's just, i think when i when i went to that weigh-in for the the bass master tournament there on the Kissimmee chain they when you get when you send in i think you get like a 25 dollars bass pro shop gift card too don't hold me to it but that's what i if i remember correctly you you get that's like a prize or something there they they send you that and like a hat or something I think you know so you can get all the information about that uh, this trophy catch deal at trophycatchflorida.com um, anglers are encouraged to submit girth photos and photos of the entire fish on a bump board or tape measure in addition to the required images these additional images provide FWC biologists with more information to assist in management and research initiatives. Is it some of these programs? I can't remember exactly which one, but they will like give you what do they call it when like you don't have you don't bring the fish to the taxidermy, but they still do it up for you. Yeah, you can get what do they call that? I forget. Man, now you got me thinking too. They do, they do like a copy. It's a certain, it. it's a certain mount, certain type of mount. Yeah, they make do a copy that. of your fish using photos and girth I think measurements. Some on, people, so. I think you could win. Yes, a there was a guy fish. in the saltwater program won a nice mount of his of a of a nice trophy trout he had. Yeah, okay. beautiful, beautiful looking fish. Uh, and then you had some kids won. Uh, one of the kids won a, a really nice dip net. Yeah, a catch net, you know. Um, fillet knives and stuff like that. Um, stuff you can use for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, they're all pretty good. Pro- they're all like excellent programs. You just got to get out there and go fishing. <laughs> so if you've been around fishing in the South for any extended period of time, especially around the time of year. It is about January, February time frame. You've heard of people sinking Christmas trees to make artificial reefs. 
or, or fish attractors to make cover underwater. Yeah. Which, by the way, is illegal. Don't do it. <laughs> Unless you're in your own fish pond. Uh, if you had your own pond, your own private pond, you can, you're can. you more than welcome to do that. But if you're going out in a public lake, uh, the same litter laws apply to dumping a tree as they would to dumping tires. So, don't do that. But, another reason not to do that in your own private pond is Christmas trees don't hold up like you think they would. Yeah. They're a soft wood, uh, so they rot really fast, and they're gone before you know it. Soft wood, thin limbs, and then they're just gone really quick. So you're constantly having to replace that. But things you can do in your own private pond, um, they make, one, they make artificial fish attractors that are made of PVC pipe and rubber and they're, you know, they'll stand up and they've got arms coming off of them. They just create cover for bait fish. The whole point of the fish attractor is to create that cover structure for smaller fish. They're going to come in there and hide in it and then in turn that attracts bigger fish. Yeah. Um, so I remember my dad telling me uh, when I was a kid what he used to do back in the day is they would take <clears throat> pantyhose and they would fill it up with cornmeal and then tie a brick to the bottom of it and throw it out in the water. And the cornmeal would make the pantyhose stand up straight. And then your shiners and bluegill would come to pick cornmeal out of the pantyhose, which would in turn bring bass into an area. You see them create a little fisher tractor that way. Again, don't do that. It's littering. Uh, but, so you can buy those fisher tractors or... We have this terribly awesome time of year in Florida that creates awesome fish attractors that's called hurricane season. Yes. You take yard debris, uh, big oak, big sized oak limbs and stuff like that where you have a yeah. hardwood, and you'll sink that instead. And that hardwood lasts a lot longer underwater than that soft pine does. Yeah. It will eventually deteriorate. Which is, again, where you turn back to the artificial reef structures that are made of PVC. Those aren't going to deteriorate. They're designed to hold the fish. But what you're wanting to do is you're constantly going to keep up with that. So if you have a pond in your yard, uh, and this is something that FWC does as well on our lakes, is if you had like a real mossy bottom, they'll go out and they'll dump lime rock or gravel onto the bottom which creates an alternative bedding area for bass and bluegill and stuff like that uh, so it's another form of structure pulls the fish to that area it's easier for them to create beds in there things of that nature and so you can do that as well in your in your little pond um, but FWC puts these I always they're they call them fish attractors. I always called them fish trees. Yeah. That's what they look like. Fish trees. As little trees underwater. Yeah. And they're actually kind of designed to look that way, like trees. Call well, them fish trees. Get a kind of a natural look to it. Right. So you can get on the FWC website, which is what I posted a link to, um, 
go to our page, our Facebook page, scroll down to a couple weeks ago where I posted that link to the largemouth bass. There's a direct link to the interactive map to where all the fish attractors are in the state of Florida. Everywhere they put them, they marked them. On that same note, there's also a link to where you can get a printout page with GPS coordinates, uh, which is also a good thing to have if you're going to a place where, let's say you don't have a fish finder, uh, so you got to use the GPS in your phone. GPS works without phone signal, but the map won't. Yeah. So if you got the coordinates, you can put it in and get yourself there uh, without having to have phone signal. So, but what you can also do is go to myfwc.com and type in fish attractors in the search bar, click search, and your first link, boom, there it is. So you're going to pull up this little interactive map. It's going to open up, and you're going to be able to scroll across all the different bodies of water in Florida, and it's going to show you little dots where these fish attractors are. And if you read through that post, in the Harris Chain of Lakes, in north central Florida, there is a 12 and a half pound bass that regularly hangs out on those fish trees. They didn't say which one, but they know. <laughs> they know. I know they know. They know. It's got a tracker hanging out of the That's side. Right. Of it. They know which one it's at. <laughs> and you'll know if you catch her because she's got about an 18 inch wire hanging out of her side where she's got a tracker in her. <laughs> they know where she's at. You don't get a dot for her. No. You got to go find her. Yeah. But you, they give you a dang good place to start. Yeah. You can't deny that. So, you just got to get out there and fish, man. And that that's what it really boils down to. You know, another thing, program that we didn't mention here, is the Boat Ramp Finder on FWC's website. You can go on there and look, look up, and it has, oh man, I don't know if it has every single boat ramp, in the state of Florida, but it's got a ton of them. And let me tell you, Florida's covered up with boat ramps. <laughs> like, you first pull up that mat and it's all blowed up, man, it's just blue dots everywhere. <laughs> That's like we talked about earlier. Florida is not just covered with boat ramps. Florida is covered with water. And we talked about it, like, for duck season. It's like, well, where do we go to scout? I mean, it, there's water everywhere. <laughs> it makes it as difficult as it makes it easy. With there yeah. being water everywhere, because you don't have to go far, all you know, to find a spot. Sometimes, <laughs> right? But do you find? You don't have to go far to find water. No, but Lord knows how far you got to go to find the birds. Yes. <laughs> but oh, get out there, and there's so many ways to fish. It you is. know, I mean, there's a ton of docks and stuff that you can you can just fish from a dock. I mean, it's it's easy to go and find a spot to fish in Florida. I think FWC even has programs for like urban fisheries where you can go fish somewhere in downtown Orlando. You know, <laughs> if you live in downtown Orlando but you really want to go fishing and you don't have a boat, just get on FWC's website and look around. That that website is just absolutely slap full of information. There's fish stocking programs. You I can mean, go and see where they're stocking, what they're stocking, when they're stocking. Actually, I don't think they tell you when they're stocking because they don't want people there when they stock it. They don't want to, yeah. They don't want a bunch of people showing up to fish the day they stock because then it's literally like catching fish out of a barrel. Pretty much. I've been there on a lake when I saw the (laughs) stock truck back up. 
<laughs> you were like, all right, it's going to be a That's good day. <laughs> we rode the boat right over there, and we started fishing where the stock truck was. And we pulled, you know, a bunch of little tiny smallmouth bass. And that was I was doing that with Mike, the guy I had on last week uh, when we were in New York together. And the stock truck rolled back and just started dumping fish in there. And we caught, we were catching 8, 9, 10, 11-inch bass. Nothing real big, pound or so at most. But, man, we were catching them left and right. I've, I've always been been a quantity over quality guy when it comes to fishing. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm catching a bunch of fish, I'm having a good day. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I mean, we, we've had some spots where we've caught and gotten into some big fish. And we've had, you know, seems to me we get into the big fish, we only get into a few. And then we get into the smaller fish, we get into them in droves. Yeah. And... Uh, I don't know, that's just as fun to me. I mean, I love catching big bass. Yeah. I love catching big fish in particular. I just like having yeah. that good fight, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I don't need to catch an eight-pound bass. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if I catch a bunch of them, I'm still having a good day. Yeah. Well, a bad day of fishing beats a good day at work. That's right. And, you know, we talked about there's these, you don't even have to have a fishing license to complete some of these or you don't have to pay for a fishing license to complete some of these, uh, yeah, these saltwater things. So because in saltwater, you can fish from the shore or from a dock or pier attached to the shore without having to pay for a fishing license. You, but you still need the free shore and dock permit. The shoreline grand slam right there and you can actually catch some of these other ones like uh which one had the cobia uh near cobia, shore near shore you could do that off a of good pier cobia spanish mackerel and triple tail you could do that off a of good pier i mean you could probably go out in skeet lagoon and get that um but i could see what people call triple tail well you there. can't as far as I know, you can't wade fish without a license. Yeah. You have to be on the shore or on a pier attached to the shore. Now, when you go to do that, that doesn't mean you just get to go down there and fish. You still need to go to Walmart or wherever you get your fishing license and get the free saltwater shore and pier permit. You still have to have that permit with you. Yeah. Um, and the reason that is is so that they can... So they can know how many anglers they actually have out fishing and participating yeah. in the sport. Uh, but it's free. Yeah, it's free. And you can't, man, you have a hard time getting to... You'd have a real hard time getting to the beach from anywhere in Florida without driving past Walmart, unless you lived on the beach. Yeah. Or at least close to, I mean, yeah. Or somewhere you could get a fishing license. I mean, even if you went to, like, Daytona, there's a Walmart. Well, no, is that, is that Ormond? It might be Ormond or New Smyrna I'm thinking of. But you can go into the bait shop. You can get it there. You can yeah. get it You can get it at the tag office. You can, pro you can go online and get it. I don't think you can get the shore permit online. You actually have, have to go in okay. somewhere and get it. I yeah. mean, a fishing license is, what, 20 bucks? Yeah, a fishing license is not expensive at all. And to get to saltwater, I don't think it's that much more. It might be another 20 bucks. You don't need a freshwater license if you're fishing on your own private pond or if you're fishing from the shore with a pole that doesn't have a rod and reel in your county of residence. 
So you could go fish from a cane. You can go fish on the shore with a cane pole, as long as you're inside the county in which you reside, yeah. without having to have a fishing license. Or if you're 65 and older, you don't have to have a fishing license. Yeah. But I'm not over 65, so not even close. <laughs> I got more years. more years. Yeah. <laughs> so it it can be free. It's in, it's inexpensive. Um, tackle's not always the cheapest, but no. hey, you know what? You get what you can afford, and you go out there and you crush some of those slams, and you get you some fishing tackle. You win you some. <laughs> yeah, win you some. Uh, dedication is what it takes. Dedication. Because those slams, those are a real challenge to me. Yeah. Because it's not like I could go spend a weekend and catch those three fish and get a slam. A I have to do it in that 24-hour period. And I mean, like I said, where you're going to catch a red is not always where you're going to catch a snook. You may have to go to a different spot. Right. You know. Uh, so you catch that one fish, run to the next spot. Run to the next spot, you know. So it's really cool. And something freshwater fishing is something I absolutely love to do, so I'm definitely going to get out there and try and get some of these myself. So I'll post my little certificates. Yeah. to our page there you go and I wish this was something I knew about earlier this is something I would have been participating in years ago had yeah. I known about it been you know trying to and since what the trophy catch started in what 2012 yeah I mean actually in 2012 I wasn't even living in Florida but I wasn't either <laughs> neither one of us was <laughs> 2012 maybe that's why it took us so long find out about it. Yeah, 2012 <laughs> I was living in Kentucky. I was in uh, Kansas. But, uh, so you know, I mean, summer is coming to an end. We're trying to wind and down, man, and I'm just counting down the days to hunting season. Yeah, I love I'm to ready. fish, but hunting is where it's at for me. I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. All I gotta do is get the blind put on the boat. My, my boat seats are coming tomorrow. I got two uh, two pedestals for the other seats coming. They're going to be here Friday, tomorrow. I'm excited about, uh, I'll do enough, I'm excited about more hen season. More hen season. <laughs> We're going to go out and get our slam. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a blast. Try and get some of that on film for you guys. That's get just, it up there. That's going to be, that's going to be literally a blast. Yeah, that's just that's just a redneck good time. That's all that is. Uh, if you're a water swatter, that sport's for you, son. And I told you, I got. I'm gonna try these. Uh, they're copper plated bismuth. Is is what it's loaded in. They're all non toxic. It's lead free. And I'm gonna. They're not very cheap. I think uh, it was like a little over two hundred dollars for the case. It's about a dollar forty a shell. True, but we'll see how they do. Well, bismuth works well. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna use them for more hens. No, I wouldn't. Steel. <laughs> bismuth works better than than steel because it compresses like lead does. Because bismuth is soft. It's it's tin, uh, and it's a little heavier than steel. Not quite as dense or heavy as lead, uh, but it is heavier than steel, and it's. it's softer like lead is so it actually conforms to a choke and it holds a better pattern so hopefully you'll see some 
see something better than that you were shooting last year that was shooting about a whole oh, pattern was, to the left? That was that. Um, I was not very happy with that choke. I shot way better out of that Stoger with that, uh, with the, just the stock modified in it. Yeah. And that thing, what was that? I think it was the Kicks High Flyer is what it was. And it did it, it, it shot like the pattern was I think it was right was it right? No, I was holding right. That's what it was. It was shooting way left. It almost like, seemed like I, an entire I, I was like holding like a good six inches to the right and it was still shooting to the left. Yeah. <laughs> it's no wonder you weren't hitting birds flying because you were then that, that was that was shooting at a coop. Yeah. Out on there the water. in the spread. Yeah. <laughs> Who was creeping up on the spread. Uh and you were still having to stretch it out way out to the side it's no wonder you couldn't hardly hit anything in flight because yeah. even leading it you're still not leading it yeah you had to give it such a dang lead in order to get your pattern mm-hmm. on there so we'll get these shotguns patterned in i gotta fart around with mine a little bit see how it's doing and yeah go from there but, but short of taking these shells and patterning them and getting the blind in the boat i'm, I'm like i'm ready i'm more itching. Morehen opens the 1st of September. Just itching to go. Uh, then dove season follows shortly after that. I'd love to find a spot to dove hunt, but, that man, that's that's one of the hardest things tricky. to do is find some public dove land. I did ask a guy, but I don't think they ain't, do, they ain't doing dove hunts. No? Anymore. It's a shame. I love dove hunting. Actually, we've hunted there before. Oh, okay. Out there at the... Uh, in Cashton. Yeah, the old yeah. place y'all used to have out there. Yeah, yeah. I asked him, I seen him the other day, and I was like, "Y'all still do any dove hunts out here?" No, not anymore. That that was some <laughs> good dove hunting. We had some good dove hunting there. We had some good dove hunting. Uh, yeah, actually, you didn't dove hunt out on the farm with us, did you? No. We went no, out with a big group of guys. That was me and Ethan and Corey. And uh, man, we probably had fifty guns out there that day. But that was a big area, you know, yeah. and uh, we put a lot of birds on the ground. That that was good. That was a good day. Uh, that's probably one of the best dove hunts I've had. I doubled up. Yeah, two for two. There you go. We uh, even got us a. Uh, it was on our Instagram page, our uh, our little rain out there that one day, duck hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did make. I that. shot, dropped one, and then you shot and dropped the other one on the live video. Yeah. Yeah. And we're getting get back in that. We're actually going to try and film some actual hunts this year uh, with a little better camera equipment that we've got laying around. Get it up on our YouTube channel. Do we even have anything on the YouTube channel yet? We have a YouTube channel. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. <laughs> nothing on it. You can go and follow it on a promise <laughs> that I will eventually put something on there. We'll get there. But it's all in the process, man. We're just getting started out. We're six months in, and we're we're hammering away at it and just having a good time. Yeah. And that's why we're here, here to spread spread the knowledge we've got and and uh, have just a good time have a good it. time doing it. Yeah. And get outside. And you guys want to get out and hunt with us, man? Shoot me a message. I'm no professional hunter. I'll take you out. Let's go. I got a boat. We'll have a good time. Right. Can't guarantee you will kill or catch anything. But we'll have a good time. I'll that's promise right. you that. You'll leave with a new friend, probably. More than likely. 
But and that, that even goes Especially to the guy with the boat. <laughs> yeah, that goes to say that this too, if you've never hunted, and you want to hunt, and you don't have a shotgun, you don't have a rifle, you want to get an hunt, extra shotgun. Yeah, we got extra shotguns. I got some extra rifles. We'll get you, help you get up, get you a license bought. I got a couple extra rifles. We'll get you out there. It's one thing I'm not short on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you out there. We'll put you in a stand. We'll put you in the blind with us. And we'll just, like I said, we'll have a good time. Yeah, man. Teach you the right way and the safe way to do it. So, Briar, what do you got for your Under Pressure Outdoors tip of the week this week? You know what? My tip of the week is sometimes you got to go out and spend the money once and get that quality product rather than you get something cheap it breaks you don't like it and then you go out and you go out and you end up buying the expensive product anyways so just save yourself a little bit of aggravation if you got to save up for a little bit longer to get it you know do that because sometimes sometimes that's the right way to go that boat seats that philosophy is called buy once cry once that's right you know, while it only hurts one time. Yeah. Especially if it lasts you a long time. And that's like you said, that's why you bought the same boat seats I've got. They are not cheap and boat was, seats. And I was like, man, I'll get some old cheap ones so I can get them. And I was like, and then I hunted out of one and sitting in one. And I was like, I'm done. I'm getting them. I'm getting these Millennium seats. And we use, yeah, we use Millennium and Marine this, seats. I, can't, I could not find the green ones at Bass Pro Shop. No? And the white ones, guess what? Buy one, get one 50% off. Whew, the white spray ones. paint. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little bit of writ dye. <laughs> there you go. But no, and you know, so that's a good buy once, cry once scenario. Will the yeah. regular cheaper seats work? Yeah, they'll work, but they are not be as comfortable. <laughs> no, they are not nearly as comfortable. Those Millennium seats, they can get wet, but they don't stay wet. No. It's like sitting on a screen door. Beat the water off of it and sit back down. That's right. You know? That's awesome. Uh, they're very cool. They breathe really well when it's hot outside. You know, keep you from sitting there sweating right there at your where you at your butt crack right at the top of your pants, you know, when it gets real hot sitting in the chair. I'm going to be sitting there one Saturday when I go fishing. Because they'll be here Friday, and I have the, I got the one seat base that's already in there. On the there you go. For fishing, so I'm set up right there. And uh, the only problem is I can see that becoming a, a polar opposite in the wintertime on a windy day. Yeah, you'd be wishing you had that solid back seat because you get Maybe. the breeze blowing through there, and then when you don't, when you're not wearing bibs and you're you're wearing like warm pants, and yeah. you lean forward and your jacket comes up and exposes the small of your back, and that cold True. breeze comes through. Woo! Put your waders on. You duck hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start out with the waders on. So, my under pressure outdoors tip of the week, I'm gonna say is just be dedicated uh, don't give up um, just because you're not catching something doesn't mean the fish aren't there we talked about this last week you, you could literally you could be throwing a bait and just reeling it in a hair too fast and I've seen it mm-hmm. I've seen guys out there throwing a frog over lily pads not catching nothing and then he said you know what I'm going to do I'm going to pause for three seconds instead of two in between popping it. And when he switched that three-second pause, he started getting blown up left and right. 
And that just that little bit, that one more second, gave the fish the chance to get up there and, and hit that frog. So get out there, find something that works for you, stick, stick to it, try some new stuff. Don't be afraid to try new stuff. You may find something that works even better. Yeah. So that's all I got. And I'll say this, you know, uh, get out and catch a Florida memory. There you go. Because that's what it's about. Take your kids. Make those memories. Catch those memories. Uh, but until next week, get on there. Get on iTunes. Hit that far right-hand star. Tell us what you like. Uh, if you don't like the sound of my voice, tell me. I'm not going to change how I talk. But you're, you, that's you're free to share doing. your opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to come on here and record a podcast in a British accent. Last time I checked, this was America. But, so... Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. You want to go hunting with us? Hit us up. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at the Under Pressure Outdoors. We're there. Shoot us a message. Shoot us an email, underpressureoutdoors at gmail. Be and, nice to have somebody to scout with me on Fridays. Yeah, Briar works 410s. You work 410s? Hit us up. Go ride with Briar. He's by himself. <laughs> he he has some really strange conversations when he's by himself because he only talks to himself. Somebody needs to get out there and add a level, a level of intelligence to that conversation. <laughs> so, until next week, we'll see you.